This episode of the Cinema Gold Show is powered by Poddex. Poddex are the hottest new tool for podcasters looking to have more meaningful conversations or gamify their podcast. Simply shuffle up, ask a question, and let the content roll. Get yours today at poddex.com and use the code Larry21 for 10% off your order. Welcome to the Frozen Biscuit Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Join us each week as we dive into the latest Dallas Stars news. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Frozen Biscuit Show and subscribe on all your major podcast platforms. Welcome to the Frozen Biscuit Show. I am your host, Larry Lace. Today we're diving into the latest headlines from around the Dallas Stars. But before we move on, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Game Time, for sponsoring this episode. I'm personally excited to introduce to you Game Time. Did you know that one in three Americans will attend a sporting event this year? That's a lot of people and a lot of money spent on tickets. That's why Game Time is here to make it easy for you to buy the tickets you want, when and where you want them, at prices that are actually fair. With Game Time, you can find tickets to any sport or event happening near you. And if there's no event nearby, they'll help you find one that's more convenient to your schedule. They even give you directions so you don't get lost on your way there. And now, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment in the comment section below, and as always, let us know your thoughts in the comment section below on any topics we cover or anything we should cover in future videos. Now on to our first topic. The Dallas Stars fell flat after closing a road trip with a 5-1 last, a loss, excuse me, in the first game with ex-head coach Rick Bonus behind the opposing bench. The Dallas Stars offense was shut down in a 5-1 loss to the Winnipeg Jets. The Stars relinquished the top spot in the Central Division, and points were lost in this divisional matchup. Generally, the Jets looked like the Stars of the early season, and the Stars looked like the 2021 edition, where Dallas, in their previous 12 games, set the tone and scored early and often. They looked sluggish and struggled to keep control of the puck. Their turnovers were crippling. Breakdowns in the defensive zone led to quality scoring chances against, and even on a night where Scott Wedgwood played out of his mind to keep them in it, and get something going that wasn't good enough. These kind of games happen throughout the year. It's a flush it and forget it kind of game. One good thing to come out of it was that Jason Robertson opened the scoring and extended his goal scoring streak to six games. He is just the fifth player in franchise history and the second since the team moved to Dallas to have a goal streak of six games or more before turning 24. The Stars won two of the first three road games this outing, collecting four of six points. Dallas has a 4-3-1 record on the road this season, and 11 of their first 17 games this season will come on the road. They return home tonight for a matchup versus the San Jose Sharks. Before going on the road, for three more games. Finding points on the road is key to the good start. New coach Peter DeBoer wanted from his team. So far, they're doing an okay job of that. If they can collect 67% of all points on the road each trip out, 
That's strong work away from the friendly confines of their home arena. And now on to our next topic. Wrong slide, I guess. <laughs> Apologies. Dallas Stars returning home to take on the Sharks before hitting the road again. The Dallas Stars are making a quick pit stop at home before hitting the road again. The Stars will be taking on the San Jose Sharks at the American Airlines Center tonight. The Stars look to rebound after getting schooled by their former coach on the road in Winnipeg. Stars rookie Montez Shibumo will most likely make his NHL de debut after Dennis Giryanov was ruled out due to an upper body injury. These are the three keys to the game for the Stars against the Sharks. The fan favorite returns on the ice. I think you all know who I'm talking about after the good news this week. That's right, Jake Otter Ottinger is more than likely going to start against the Sharks tonight. I would be shocked if we found out in the afternoon Scott Wedgwood would be starting against the Sharks. After keeping us at the top of the division for the last week, he deserves some rest. It's a sigh of a relief that Jake Ottinger was only out one week. If he was out for more, the Stars would have issues. N number two, Eric Carlson, a prom. The Stars' defensive men need to help out Jake Ottinger in front of the net tonight. Eric Carlson is off to a really good start this season. He has 10 goals in the last 15 games. The Stars did a good job of shutting down Connor McDavid in Edmonton last week. The Stars just need to apply the same pressure to him, and the Stars can come away with victory. Number 3. Blumo makes his debut. Stars fans will be in a treat, as rookie Montage Blumo will make his NHL debut tonight. He has 5 goals and 6 assists for the Texas Stars since he was cut from training camp. He has a shot to prove to the coaching staff that sending him down was a bad idea. If he can make a solid impression while being called up, the Stars would have to discuss making a trade. Let us know your comments in the comments section below. And now, on to our next topic. Three players that were impacted by DeBoer's system. Now that we're at the 10% point of the season, we've got a solid, savory taste of what Pete DeBoer is cooking up here in Dallas. With the regime change, we're seeing an uptick in production on the offensive end, and the goal total per game feels like it's doubled overnight. There are new items on the menu, with a dash of Marchment and a hint of Delindrea, but there's also a revival among the mainstays. With 78% of this year's points coming from members of last year's team, the Stars' core has been activated to create the depth scoring that left much to be desired in years past. Now we'll take a look at the players benefiting the most from the coach's systematic changes, thus providing the sacred sauce to this brand new dish. Number 1. Joel Kivaranta. Apologies for saying these names wrong. Now allowed to play with speed. His quickness is being properly valued by the style of play DeBoer is allowing him to employ. After scoring his second goal of the season, the Senators last Monday, we all raced to Twitter to quip that he had doubled his goal total from the previous season. As much fun as it is to be sarcastically optimistic, 
I imagine it's even more fun to play your favorite game the way that you want to play. Objectively, Kiwi is a relatively smaller NHL player at 5'10 and 170 pounds, limiting his capabilities in a primarily dump and chase mindset that Balanus bestowed on him and his line mates in the past. Muscling the puck away from a larger opposition puts him behind the eight ball nine times out of the ten. To the point of Kiwi's fellow Finn Roop hints, we don't just dump it in every time. And the players are now able to find space and play with speed. This mindset is what allows him to emerge during the bubble run with his hat trick against Colorado. The Avs forced us into a track meet and Joel's game flourished to the tune of three well-timed scores, propelling the boys in victory green to the Western Conference Finals. After drying up in the year since then, Joel's early routines under DeBoer should inspire hopeful, hopeful optimism for Stars fans. He's played well enough to earn top six minutes alongside Seguin and Marchment, and will ideally continue to provide solid depth on the right at a position of need. To put his start into perspective, he's on play pace for close to 30 goals. The goals he's netted occur naturally and in the middle of the ice. His third goal of the season came from pure effort and a wicked backhand after a determined forecheck. Aside from the pure will, Joel looks much better when he doesn't have to dig everything out of the corner in order to facilitate offensive output. If DeBoer can maintain this system that's tailored to the talents of the roster, We'll continue to see depth players having offensive revivals as the season progresses, while he currently serves as a poster child for this concept. Next up, number two, Nils Lundqvist. Recently benefiting from surplus ice time, he may be seeing the largest positive swing in play. After Jim Nil became a burn the first round pick to add a young defensive wildcard to the offseason equation, he has justified the show of faith by registering four apples and seizing bulk of power play responsibilities. His emergence may have been understated to this point without the glaring absence of Miro in the lineup. Hence, the demand for his presence has given us the opportunity to see more of his game. He stepped his second power play unit QB role up into the top spot with Heiskanen sidelined and chipped in close to 21 minutes of ice time per night. However, his off-season relocation circumstances highlight the impact of DeBoer's system on how he's able to leverage this opportunity to a mutual benefit. Unfortunately for Nails as a New York Ranger, he was born right-handed. Behind a few talented and more established righties, his development became a contingent on finding a situation more conducive to fostering young talent. Fortunately for him, as a Dallas star, recently hired bench boss Peter DeBoer is a staunch believer in playing defensemen on the side of their strong hand. Returning uh, Miro to a strong side on the left and failing to recapture John Klingberg opened up the perfect spot for Nils to slot right into a role that gives him game room to grow. Thus far, the investment that the team has put into him has not been lost. After matching his point total from last year and doubling his career point total, the most important stat for him this season is much simpler. Tonight will mark 10 games played, and he enters this matchup plus one on the stat sheet. 
To kick last year off, he only made it seven games before getting scratched and eliminating any traction he was getting at the top level. Everyone knows that you need to let the dish cook all the way through before removing it from the oven. Needless to say, any relative continuation of success to start the campaign would warrant, nay require, a permanent residency in the top four of the defensive core. Number three, Tyler Seguin. The sweetest and most validating of resurgences lies at the feet of the most expensive player on the roster, Tyler Seguin. We all spoke through gritted teeth with dampened brows, staring at the barrel of a 10 million AAV for the next five years. I'm being sheepishly facetious, of course, but a healthy Seguin has benefited from the faster play and open space that, this, that his game demands since the years prior to Bowness tightening the leash on every line below the first. Turns out the best way to get depth scoring is to allow your depth players to score letting things breathe. While this concept may be foreign to some coaches, DeBoer is proving that he knew what he was talking about when speaking on unlocking the offensive potential of the team's key players. Through 10% of the season, he has served up the second most assists on the team while peppering two plus shots on net each game, close to a point per game. Tyler's newfound chemistry with the offseason acquisition Mason Marshman has brought forth a second layer of scoring that has long been absent from this team. Beyond that, Seguin's power play positioning has made it possible for Wyatt Johnston to play with a bit more space and cement his position as a lineup regular despite his youth. To top it off, Delandria has come into his own right on Seguin's right side and completed the trio of fresh face facilitation that Seguin's veteran presence is positively impacting. When Seguin can play his game naturally, his production goes beyond his individual accolades, aiding in the integration of Mush, Deli, and Johnny into the lineup, holds more value than Corsi or Fenwick can quantify. Quite frankly, the ability to shorten their learning curve makes up and possibly surpasses the value lost by any forwards that departed the team from last season. I would love for Seguin to keep up the scoring pace that he's shown to get this season started. But the winning we've seen as a result of his play silences any calls for extra effort from those watching through a screen or from the stands. Each of these players we talked about symbolizes a sample of the different ways DeBoer is driving better results from a roster that saw relatively little turnover. Kiwi is the face of the depth grinders filling the gaps on the lower half of the roster that can elevate their game in a faster play system. Nils shows how the fundamentals of the team's Defensive mindset allows us to maximize our back-end talent without sacrificing defensively. The old goat, Tyler, shows the return to form that past stars are exhibiting with a more trusting, cohesive attack from end to end. The proof is in the pudding that the early season's success is more than just a flash in Chef DeBoer's pan. So before we go, let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Give it a thumbs up if you like our video. Subscribe to the channel. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Just search Frozen Biscuit Show. As always, I'm your host, Larry Lease, and thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Frozen Biscuit Show with your host, Larry Lease. Join us next week as we dive into even more Dallas Stars news. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Frozen Biscuit Show.